Now back to the Midday Grind with Martin and Marlo on 590 The Fan and 590thefan.com. Welcome back. 1236 in the beautiful Future Bowl site, Future Bowl City of St. Louis. This is the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan, 590TheFan.com. Charlie Marlowe, Jim Hewer, Brian Hoffman, Matt Rocchio on the ones and twos. Martin Kilcoin on assignment for the rest of this, as Jim Hewer calls it, this hangover holiday week in between Christmas and New Year's. But we do have a lot to talk about. Tommy Pham, a lot of uh, NFL draft discussion with Drew Locke. I appreciated this tweet, this little kind of back and forth, and I thought, Hoffman, you would as well, because one of your bailiwicks is kind of ripping on the NCAA for all of their hypocrisy, which I appreciate because I agree with almost uh, 100% of the time. So Doug Gottlieb throws out their tweet and says, if you transfer mid-year during your freshman year, you should have to pay back the scholarship. It is basically a $100,000 scally, as he calls it. No one else can use and some guys leave seven to ten games in, which is a joke. So that's his opinion. Jay Williams, then, of course, also NBA and college basketball commentator, works for ESPN now, and uh, the former Duke star. He says to Doug, Did you pay back your scholarship after being removed at Notre Dame? Holla at me when you cut that check back to ND. And if you don't know, Doug Gottlieb basically got kicked out of Notre Dame for stealing some credit cards back in the day. And yep. he's, he's talked about this. I believe he wrote a big article on uh, The Athletic about it as well. But he gets kicked out of Notre Dame back in the day. So Jay Williams kind of saying, yeah, did you reimburse Notre Dame for what you did years ago? And I'm guessing the answer is no. That's a great shot, though. I love it. That's true. Doug but- is weird, man, because I don't follow him on, on social media, but every now and again, one of his bad thoughts is retweeted into my feed, which thank you, everyone, for doing that. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a peculiar case because he is, as a, for being a former player, at least college, I'm not sure if you ever saw any, any time professionally, but at least a former college player, he's very anti-player in his stances. Yes. He, he always, mm-hmm. and, and it's such a weird dichotomy where... He takes like I saw his levy on Bell takes, which was shockingly pro ownership. This time it's you know you got to think about those poor universities when it comes to those student athletes transferring. Think of their financial stake in the matter. It's such a it's lazy, it's lazy, and hackneyed, and and just so hypocritical and bizarre. Like this is one a scholarship is not a loan, so there's nothing to pay back. Right. Two. And, and maybe this is the direction he's going because maybe Doug has this in his contract with CBS, Fox Sports Radio, with with whatever radio station he's Fox. affiliated he's with, Fox, Fox now, yes. in that, hey. Him and Clay have playful Twitter banter. I'm sure they do. Maybe they – and maybe this is in his contract because this is common in media that you can buy yourself out. Like you, Chuck, in your first job in TV, did you have a buyout if you had to get out of your contract? I actually did, which is okay. insane. Yes. When you – and I won't put it out there, but – when you know how little I made that first year in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, that we all had to sign a two-year contract with a buyout that wasn't, believe me, it wasn't nothing. Now, it wasn't ridiculous. I, I ended up getting half 
I paid half of it because, okay. dude, I wanted to leave so bad after a year and a half that I just said, I will cut the check. Now, to be fair, and again, I'm not siding with management because I think that was total BS. I think living in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, nobody wants to go up there. Again, some people love it. I didn't necessarily. And I think so many people would want to leave right off the bat. They probably have to do that to kind of protect. You know, you bring someone in, Mm -hmm. you do, you spend some time and resources. I I get that two years is not that much to ask, but after one winter, I'm telling you, half the people wanted to leave. But maybe this is Doug's thinking that, hey, you know, if I want to leave my job, I have to maybe even sit out a little bit, but also buy myself out of my contract. What he doesn't want to do, though, is take the next extra step, which completely eradicates the purpose of the NCAA, which is, in return for that, you get money. And that's that, that's the next step. They want to treat, it's not even to the point that they're treated as athletes first and students second. It's at the point where they are treated as employees of the university. If, you, if for Sometimes if you want to transfer, you got to sit out a year. That's and also the schools can the, the the athletic department can give you a list of schools that you're not allowed to transfer to, which is a non-compete clause. Chuck, you just can't decide tomorrow to go to KSDK. I cannot. You, can, you or, have to or, wait. You have yes, to wait six months. You got to wait six months, and then and that's a, a, a part of your contract where then you get compensated for the rest of the the of your job. Doug doesn't want to take that next step, and that's where that's what I hate about this is that this is feudalism. What he's describing here, in that. Well, this is technically a loan that you got to pay back, and then if you want to leave, you got to pay them a little bit more. It's wrong. It's a terrible philosophy to place on the backs of 18-year-olds. And here's the other thing in what you talked about with a buyout. If you're a big-time media person, even I, I know for a fact this has happened with local media people. If the other station wants you so bad, they will either bring you on and let you chill for a while because you can't be on air. Right. And, and they'll compensate you to make it worth your while. And the same with coaching, we obviously see, look, if you want to get that big-time coach, and there's a lot of boosters that want that big-time coach, every university knows their top five or ten boosters, that if you can get that guy, all those, all those ladies or guys are fine with, with cutting that check for the huge buyout to get that coach they actually want. So it's not like that particular coach is actually losing any money right there. But I think that kind of rolls into another interesting discussion i know we didn't really get into bragging rights yesterday it's almost like you know there was such a long thing there was such a a long week and i kind of forgot like that did happen and we hadn't been on the radio since but it was like five days earlier and obviously mizzou uh rolls in that game after it was competitive for a while and illinois had the early lead i was kind of thinking to myself and i don't really care who wins that game honestly and i root for all of our local guys whether you go to illinois or mizzou but i was thinking to myself and and I get it because Pickett he committed, and then he he just he changed his mind, right? Same with uh, Jeremiah Tillman though, but he got out of his letter of intent. Now Mark Smith's a different situation where he actually obviously plays for Illinois for a year. They let him transfer immediately, and you're playing at Mizzou the next year. And we all heard and read about the fact that Brad Underwood was very cooperative in letting Mark Smith and and helping him play immediately. But I'm thinking to myself. If you're Brad Underwood, is it is it fair? And I don't even know how I feel about this. Is it fair for that guy the next year to play you and yes. beat you? Yes. And you think it is? Yes. And I I'm kind of on I that. Agree with that. I'm kind of on that on that side as well. But I could see why a coach could say, "Look, how about this? We'll let you go there." And I don't even know if this would be allowed, but you have to set out the game against us uh-uh. because again, I can understand why you've spent a lot of money and resources in recruiting. 
You brought him on. You did give him a scholarship. And I'm fine with the kids transferring, believe me. The coaches leave. The kids should leave. I do think, though, when that very next year, that guy's now beating you. I think that's a little bit of a different situation. My only issue is, not even an issue, but with saying that they need to sit out, and this all goes back to me about how no other, because if you're going to consider them students first, right. fine, what other student has restrictions placed on them based on where they can go? If you go to Mizzou Journalism School and after a semester you decide you don't like it there, you want to transfer to Syracuse, and if you're on a scholarship, Mizzou's not coming to you to ask for that money back. They're not going to say, hey, you can't go to a competing journalism school. You can't go to Syracuse. You can't go to Northwestern. No other student has these restrictions placed on them, and yet no other student makes more for the university than the athlete does. And that's where, that's where the unfair component comes from, to me at least. You say maybe it's not great for Brett Underwood that Mark Smith gets to transfer. Fine. Find a better role for him. You're the millionaire coach. Find a way to keep your players. Don't blame the 18-year-old because he had a change of heart. That's totally fair for the 18-year-old. Is it fair if Brett Underwood goes to Ohio State, should he not coach the Ohio State-Illinois game? No, that's true, and that, and that happens a lot. You yes. do see, mm-hmm. obviously, coaches uh, switching schools within their own conference. I can't remember the kid's name. I'm guessing that Matt Rocky will be able to because he's your big NBA guy. He's a Wikipedia. He's a, a human Wikipedia. Yeah. Remember a few years back when the, the good point guard, instead of going to college, went and played overseas? This is about seven years ago. Brandon Jennings? Brandon Jennings. And I always wondered when that happened, is this the new thing? Brandon Jennings, is he going to go? Because look, and, and listen, I never, I never, year. what's that? Has about one kid for, per year. Okay. Terrence Ferguson last year went down to Australia to play. <laughs> um, I knew you would know this. Of course Rock knows this. Yes. But my point is that it's not become this big trend. And I wondered Maybe if Brandon Jennings... If he went over, I don't know what he made for that year. Did he make a million dollars? Whatever it was, I'm sure it was. Yeah, a he, decent... made, he made like three, I think. Okay, but he was also he got he got hurt. It was, it was uh, the problem is almost all those guys have been getting hurt, and then like they don't have a hundred percent like reliable medical care. Every uh, like at least compared to like being inside of, like a team program here in the states, it's kind of it's it, it it's a different ball your game. Guy to get yourself healed, now. yeah, kind of. But also here here's the thing, that's where I wondered is this going to be the new trend where all the best high school recruits. Go make some money in Europe for a year and then go to the NBA. But I feel like that ha- that hasn't happened, and here's one of the big reasons why. If you're going to play against men in Europe, you're going to get exposed if you suck. Yes. And guess what? If you suck, then you're going to get nothing, or you're going to get a lot less money than if you went to college basketball, played against other 18, 19, 20-year-olds, and then you they don't find out you suck until you're in the NBA. And that's why I think a lot of people thought when – the G League created this deal where they said, okay, we're going to have some kids where you can almost be in this feeder system where you're going to make, what is it, $125,000 a year instead of going to college. But I'm thinking to myself, again, you're going to play against guys that have played in the NBA that are kind of AAA-type players. You'll probably get exposed thereby by some of the grown men you're playing against. And also, look at it from a marketing standpoint. Is it more valuable for you to go to Duke for one? Look at, look at Zion Williamson. That's all we hear about. You go to ESPN.com, he's the top story every single day. How much is it worth to you marketing-wise to play for Duke for 40 games and go through the NCAA tournament and everybody knows your name? Nobody's watching whoever it is, the Iowa team or the Grand Rapids G League team play basketball. Yeah, but I think the difference there is that if Zion had gone to Europe or if Zion was playing the G League, he would be absolutely tearing it apart. But he's an absolute stud. Yeah, yeah. And so my point is, though, 
it's interesting to see if the M- if the NBA remains obstinate about starting to let in high school players. It'll be interesting to see if guys like R.J. Barrett or Zion Williamson, who have this this very clear profile before college, do actually decide to opt to go to another league and make money where they're not where they are less. They have to worry less about maybe running into struggle because they know, hey, even if I could if I could play in the NBA right now, that's the choice I would have made. So I'm going to go play a, a level that's even maybe below the NBA, make some money because they're not afraid of the competition at that level. But to your point, though, I think it is interesting. None of these examples of high school players going to Europe to make money, they never, none of them ever played in Spain, which is undoubtedly the top uh, European league. They all went to, again, Italy, Australia, and China have been the three biggest examples, and those aren't top leagues when you talk about European and worldwide basketball. Our text line, 855-282-8255. Getting back to some of our earlier topics, we were discussing the uh, fantastic Cheez-Its Bowl, a 10-7 victory for... Uh, See, I don't even remember who won the game, actually. Did Cal win or was it TCU? That's how little I cared. TCU wins 10-7 in overtime, but there were nine interceptions in that just uh, horrible bowl game. Uh, the hipster of Tower Grove South says, I had money on the Cheez-Its Bowl, and I still fell asleep watching it. That tells you everything about mm-hmm. that game. And uh, the Cardinals got rid of Tommy Pham because of the BS coming out of his mouth. You can only put up with that crap so long. But also, let's be real, Tommy Pham was not playing last year like he was in 2017. I think you put up with that crap yes. when the guy's right. putting up an OPS over 900. Which he did in 2017. Correct. He was having a spectacular season. When he had a fantastic year. And then again, in a small sample size, about 40 games with the Rays, he was really, really good, pushing a 1,100 OPS with the Rays. But we'll see if he can stay healthy and, as Jim said, with his eyes and all that, keep that going for a full season in uh, in Tampa Bay. I want to tell you, of course, about Schnooks, one of our favorite sponsors. We're there about, about every other week at one of the uh, many Schnooks locations in the Bi-State area. Also, Fast Eddie's Bonaire. We're going to do this for an NFL playoff Saturday or Sunday. We're going to figure this out here in January. Santa Steve, I promise you, we're going to do that. Uh, Brian Hoffman, Brewery Lights, of course. Uh, kicking back up tonight, Chuck, December 27th today through Sunday the 30th. Last weekend of Anheuser-Busch Brewery Lights, you got a free beer sample if you're over 21, of course, you can buy food. The food's good there. They play a holiday classic every night. They have a s'more station for the kids, a couple bonfires set up. They have a little miniature ice rink if you're into that as well. Get your photo taken with the Clydesdale. Always a fun time at Anheuser Bush Brewery Lights. Of course, always drink responsibly. During the Hollywood Casino Press Box, we uh, discussed for a minute or two. A lot of NBA talk. So, Matt Rocchio, you need to uh, play that back. I think you'll enjoy it. We should have got your uh, your takes on it as well. But just the NFL draft order and where Drew Locke might go. And we have one week to play in the NFL, so so some of these teams will uh, will move around a little bit. But right now, the top half of the draft, you have Arizona Cardinals, one. You have the 49ers, the Jets, the Raiders, the Lions, the Bucks, the Bills, the New York Giants, Jacksonville, Atlanta, Carolina, Denver at 12, Cincinnati, Green Bay, and then Miami and Washington, 15-16. And when you hear the news that Justin Herbert yesterday is going to stay at Oregon, right? Now, Dwayne Haskins has not announced that he's coming uh, He's coming out of, uh, out of uh, Ohio State and going to the draft. It seems like everything is pointing to yes. that. So he is going to play in the bowl game, the Rose Bowl versus Washington. But now, especially when you see Herbert going back to school, I think Dwayne Haskins coming off a season where he finishes third in the Heisman, Broke every passing record Ohio State. I would be surprised at this point if he doesn't uh, enter the NFL draft. 
And that's where you're looking at Drew Locke now, and you got to think you got Locke. This is no particular order. You have Dwayne Haskins, and you have Will Greer. I I would probably say Haskins one. I I would probably put Locke two. Maybe some people like Will Greer, and and I don't know. This is everybody's kind of personal guess or opinion. But either way, Drew Locke is is one of the top three quarterbacks entering this draft where I just named off 16 teams, the top the top half of the draft, and we could find at least six that need a quarterback. Yes. And that starts with Tampa Bay at six. Now, Frank even threw out Oakland at four. Something would have to happen, obviously, with Derek Carr, but maybe John, John Gruden falls in love with one of these quarterbacks. Gruden might draft three quarterbacks. There you go. He's, He's crazy, crazy right now. And then yeah. trade him all for picks every year because he has a 10-year contract. <laughs> right. But Tampa Bay, are you sold on Jameis Winston? I wouldn't be. Uh, eight, New York Giants. Eli Manning is literally falling apart in front of our eyes. And you have fantastic skill position players in Saquon Barkley, in Odell Beckham Jr. You have a really good tight end in Evan Ingram. You have a good slot receiver in Sterling Shepard. And you have Eli Manning, who it seems like just fumbles the ball every other snap. It seems like they need a quarterback. I think that's the spot for at him. At eight. I so really you, could, you could see one of those guys obviously going at eight. Nine, Jacksonville. You got everything going on with Blake Bortles. They need a quarterback. Twelve. Denver Broncos, and I was there watching Mizzou play Arkansas, where both John Elway, who's the decision maker, and Gary Kubiak, who's one of his top consultants, assistants, was also. Those guys are both at that game, and you know why. Those guys are not going to travel to watch Mizzou play Arkansas after Thanksgiving to watch a defensive end. They're not going to do that to watch a safety. They're there to see Drew Locke up close and personal. So... You have Denver at 12, and then you have Miami at 15, Ryan Tannehill. I wouldn't be sold on him right now as your as your franchise quarterback. And then you saw what happened, unfortunately, with Alex Smith, Washington Redskins at 16, where Alex Smith, you wonder if he's ever going to be able to come back and play football. That's again. another one where I wonder, just because of a Dan Snyder yeah. falling in love with a guy like Drew Locke. That with makes the big lot, arm. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Trying to get people back into that stadium and betting big on the big arm QB. Did you throw out all those teams? It makes me feel like there's going to be a trade up to get Drew Locke because there's going to be yes. four four groups that go, I want him, I want him. Well, y'all can't have him, but I've got the pick. What are you going to give me for it to get Drew Locke? And not just and Locke, but maybe what, Haskins as well. because Haskins is interesting. The Greer thing, guys, I'm not as high on him because he, he's been his numbers are great, but I do believe he is a product of the Holgerson system there in, at West Virginia because – they it's it's a Big Twelve quarterback, and I still have my reservations on how good he could be in the NFL. He's got a lot of skill, but uh, I would take Locke over Greer. Myself. Either way, though, at this point, we know about Frank's bet with uh, is it Strickland now and Tuna? Is it Tuna's kind of got, a duo bet? It, Tuna said he would yes. go half. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I would be feeling really good uh, yes, if I'm Frank so right now I. because again, Absolutely. I would be nothing shocks me anymore, but I would be surprised if Drew Locke is still sitting on the draft board after pick 16. There's just too many teams that need a quarterback. And if even if you don't think he's the top one or two, he's he's certainly the third best quarterback at worst in the draft. And if you have six or seven teams, and again, Jim, that's not even bringing up the fact that I haven't mentioned teams later on down that might want to trade up. Right. And with the top, let's say, five teams in the draft not necessarily needing quarterbacks, you could see teams starting to jump up to get that first quarterback they uh, really covet. Brian Hoffman, our Chuck. little haven. Yes. One of our uh, finest sponsors and a great charity as well. We have a nice little holiday message from our friends at Our Little Haven. And now, a special holiday letter from Our Little Haven. Dear Our Little Haven, this year 
My family has been blessed. We are currently fostering two young boys who came to us the day before Thanksgiving. We welcome them into our home and we help them feel safe. This Christmas, they will be with us and we are thankful that we get to share this time with them. Because of your help and the support of the community, David and Daniel will wake up Christmas morning to some special gifts just for them. They are five and seven, but this will be their first time they experience the joy every child deserves this time of year. Fostering these two boys has been a rewarding experience for my family. Thank you for bringing David and Daniel into our lives. Our Little Haven works with young children during the formative years in their lives when the care we provide can do the most good and have a lasting effect. To learn more about the services offered through Our Little Haven or to find out how you can help, visit OurLittleHaven.org. Check them out on the web, OurLittleHaven.org. Fantastic charity and one of our uh, fine sponsors here. And now it's time for At the End of the Day. At the end of the day. Okay, when's the end of the day? At the end of the day, it's going to be tough to tell someone they might not be in it. At the end of the day, even though there's moments where you're like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do this. So I did find the Janoris Jenkins tweets. Um, still up. January of 2015. <laughs> he has bigger problems, like somebody died at his house. Yeah, yes. his brother was going to jail. I don't know what that, <laughs> what that is. But he says, uh, it's nice, but uh, stay in St. Louis. Our stadium needs to be closed. Hashtag like the old one better. Adding STL Rams plan to play football next year come late December, early January. Early January wasn't wasn't pushing towards later in the month. <laughs> right. Say during the division and in conference championship games. Hashtag LA or close the new roof. It's funny, since then he has since signed with the Giants. Sure he has. the outdoor stadium. Mm-hmm. In New York, we have Cardinal News. Francisco Pena is coming back. Kind of saw that one yeah. coming. Yeah. He's signing bid to be their backup catcher. The projections on on Baseball Reference has him for 2019 playing two games, uh, 248 at bats, seven home runs, which would Take uh, that. well, it would uh, eclipse what he's hit in his career up to this point. He's hit five career home runs. Finally, we've had a lot of fun with the flo- with the Phillies. Um, the owners saying they're going to spend stupid money, get all the uh, get the big free agent talent. They've been uh, rejected by Patrick Corbin already, who is now right. Washington National. Coming out today, Joel Sherman reporting that uh, well, neither Bryce Harper or Manny Machado are all that smitten by Philadelphia. I can see that. So this could be a bit of a whiff. But but if they have the season. if they have the largest offer though, now clearly yes. those guys probably both want to play for the Yankees. Yep. Harper probably would love the Cubs, Dodgers. Yes. I get that. But if the biggest check is being cut potentially from the Philadelphia Phillies, you can see how they still. Get one of those guys. Also see a mock draft by Bleacher Report has Drew Locke going 16th to the Washington Redskins. There you go. I think he's okay. almost a, a lock, It's hard. It's lock, hard not to go uh, with that pun. For the top half of the first round. I think at this point now with, with Herbert dropping out. That's the end of the day. That's the end of the day and the end of the show. Good show, fellas. We'll be back tomorrow for the Midday Grind. And also I'll be sitting in with uh, Frank as well after the slop on the Hollywood Casino Press after Box. After Frank kicks him out. After Frank kicks out... Uh, Tuna and Strick. Maybe they'll just get their bet paid right there. If I'm Strick, I pay Frank tomorrow because you're losing that bet. Drew Locke is going to get picked in the first round, no doubt. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. The hard line coming up next with John Hadley and TJ Moe. For Jim Hewitt, Brian Hoffman, Matt Rocchio, I'm Charlie Marlowe. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com.